He is here. In this room, in your heart, he is near, nearer than breath, heartbeats, nearer than you are to you, nearer than second chance or next opportunity, closer than tonight or yesterday. He is real, realer than touch, see, hear, smell, or taste, realer than reality. He is our reality, realer than joy, pain, sorrow, realer than the love of being in love. He is present like time, space, wind, silence, night. He is waiting like creation, like words on the tip of tongue, like songs that have yet to be sung. He is beauty, oranges, blues, every hue, every shade, sunset and sunrise, whisper his name. He is holy, different, made human, became human, forgave human. He is spirit. He cannot be touched, explains, like sweet seconds of prayers, like grandmother on knees, wood floor bare. He is son, distinctly three, distinctly one, the only one, the only wise, the only resurrector of lives. He is king. No earthly throne can house. No amount of elegant words can espouse. He is moments and voice, power of choice in word and deed, in fruit and seed, pierced side, nailed hands, nailed feet, innocent wounds that bleed. He is believe and trust. He is enough. He is all. He is call and purpose. Everything that we can sacrifice, he's worth it and more, much more. Our good deeds are mere pennies. We'll never even the score. He is behold and while he is who, what, when, why, how. He puts on the show. He's the one we come to see. He is soul's cry and sinner's plea. He is the epitome. He's the one no one can light a candle to or come within a million foot pole of. He is above. He is a father's love. He is maker of ways of earth and wind. Ancient of days has no fear. Have no fear. God is here. Lord, be with us this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Well, they tell us we is free. We free. We don't have to work for old master no more. I wish you could have seen the celebration the shouting and the singing, the bucking and the dancing, my, my, my. It was a great thing. It was a great thing. I think we felt a little like the cheering of Israel when they got free. Oh, Pharaoh then finally let his people go. I mean, we were so excited. We were so excited. It didn't even matter that we didn't have no money. No food, no place to stay. But it only took a couple days before we realized that we can't eat excitement. It only took a couple days before Miss Pearl, who was living out there by the bayou, she just up and died. A many great others like her did too. We built these plantations. We built these, these big things, picked enough cotton to clothe the world. We helped raise all these babies when our old babies were sold into slavery. We helped everybody else, but nobody would help us. Well, nobody helped us. It is said by some, we have done enough for the Negro. Yes, you have done a great deal for the Negro, and for one, I am deeply sensible of it and grateful for it. But after all, what have you done? We were slaves, and you made us free, and gave, given us the ballot. But the world has never seen any people turned loose to such destitution, as were the four million slaves of the South. The old roof was pulled down over their heads before they could make for themselves a shelter. They were free, free to hunger, free to the winds and rains of heaven, free to the pitiless wrath of enraged masters who, since they could no longer control them, were willing to see them starve. They were free without roofs to cover them or bread to eat or land to cultivate. 
and as a consequence died in such numbers as to awaken the hope of their enemies that they should soon disappear. We gave them freedom and famine at the same time. Those were the words of Frederick Douglass given 10 years after slavery had ended. And many were struggling still. Some people went back to their old plantations because they couldn't make it on their own and slavery was the only thing they knew. I can only imagine what it felt to be a slave and then all of a sudden let loose. It seems like you need direction. It seems like you need wisdom. If you're really going to make it now that you're free, you need something to help you. As I began to read all of the stories of the slaves and how they struggled after they were free, when I read the story of the children of Israel, I had a little more compassion on them. I understand why they complained so much. I understand because they had a slave mentality to go from being in the best part of the land in Egypt, to go from being great to now becoming a slave for 400 years? Imagine the damage that had to be done in their minds to go from princes to slaves. Imagine all that took place. I think that it took calculated mental bondage and physical bondage. But the Bible says that God delivered them from slavery. The Bible says that God delivered them from bondage and their, their deliverance and their salvation was a gift. They didn't do anything to deserve it. They were still a mess when they were on the plantation. And the Bible shows you they were a mess after they left the plantation. As a matter of fact, God told them in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, the Lord did not set his affection on you or choose you because you were more numerous than all the other people, for you were the fewest of the people. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery. And so the Bible says it's not because you killed it's not because you are that. It's not because there's anything so special about you. But God has set his affection on us. God delivered us. God snatched us to salvation because he loved us. He loved us. And so here the children of Israel are free. But now what? And I know that we can relate because uh, we've been there, even if we weren't there a uh, hundred years ago, we've been there. We gave our life to Christ. We said we wanted to be free from the bondage of sin. We came up and said the sinner's prayer. But now what? I mean, the preacher said that I'm a new creation. The, the preacher said that I am an overcomer. The preacher said that I've had an ultimate makeover, but... Now what? Have you ever wondered what happens at the end of the, when the book ends or when the movie ends? You know, like, it's not enough to just know that they live happily ever after. Because you're thinking, well, they got together just two weeks ago, and now they're married. And I really wonder, is it really going to be happily ever after? Uh, one of my favorite movies is Hitch. And uh, Hitch is like this doctor, he's like this love doctor, and he says that he helps women get out of their own way. And so he helps men who may not normally get the time of day get in there. And so there was this a clumsy, chubby, asthmatic accountant that wanted to get with this rich, beautiful heiress. And Hitch made it happen, kind of. And I mean, I won't spoil the, all the drama in the middle, but at the end, this is a spoiler, they got married. And I'm thinking, now how's that gonna work out? I mean, almost the producers knew it too. 
So as the credits are rolling, we're at the wedding, and the song that's playing is, Now That We Found Love, what are we going to do with it? It's like, I want to keep watching this for about two more hours. I want to see how this thing plays out. Now that we're here, now what? See, God is such a good God. And he knows that we need the now what? He saw uh, his people in slavery. He knew that their minds were messed up. Let me tell you how messed up the children of Israel were. You know, they were always complaining about how hungry they were, how they didn't have anything to drink. That's because they messed up. God hooked them up so that they, were, they plundered the Egyptians. When they left, they were decked in all this jewelry. They had silver. They had gold. They had all kind of stuff. They had enough to take care of them. But what did they decide to do? They decided to bring those nasty Egyptian ways with them. In Egypt, they worship cows. So they decided they're going to take all their money and all their everything, and they're going to make a big old golden calf and worship the cow. Now, I can't be mad at them in slave mentality. So many times they wanted to go back to the mess that they came from. And so God said, I am going to hook you all up. You are saved. You are delivered. You are redeemed. And now I'm about to help you with the now what? And so God sent them a parting gift. He gave it to them after they left slavery, after they were already saved, they received the gift of deliverance, and before they got to the promised land. He gave them a care package, something like this one. Now, can I have a volunteer to come and open up the care package? Just come, 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 come on. So just open up the care package. Yeah, I bet if you just move this top layer, you'll be able to get to whatever's inside. So she's opening up the package. She's doing it so delicately. She's peeling each piece of tape off um, so nicely. If you want to just, you know, tear in for time's sake, I won't be mad at you. You mind if I help you? Okay. So let's see, what is inside? You might need two hands to pull it out. Okay, so this is what God gave them. And in case you don't know what this is, it says God's law or his Torah. Thank you. So God gave them his law or his Torah. And Torah, I like Torah better than law because when you think of law, you immediately think of the police. You think of the popo. You think of if you're doing something, they're standing out there looking for you. They want to arrest you. They want to throw you in jail. They want to give you an unfair trial. Well, they want to lock you up and throw away the key. That's what happens when you think of law. And because the popo do you like that, a lot of people think that God does us like that. That he's sitting there looking, waiting to see, uh-oh, what did she just do? Let me write that down. I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her. Mm-hmm. She ain't pay her time. I'm going to make a car break down. She's going to walk for the next week. That's what we think God does. But that's not how our great God is. Amen. That's why I like the word. And Torah is the word in the Hebrew. It means teaching or instruction. It means guidance. And so God gives his guidance, God gives his instruction, God gives his uh, uh, a teaching because he wanted his people to do well. And so he says, listen here, y'all are saved, y'all are delivered, but I don't want you to live life the way you used to live it. I don't want you to die like the Egyptians died. I don't want your divorce rate to be like the Egyptians' divorce rate. I don't want you to cry at night like the Egyptians are crying. I don't want you to worry about different things, so I am going to give you a roadmap. 
I am going to give you instruction. I am going to show you how to eat so that you're not going to die like everybody else. God said that none of these diseases that I placed on the Egyptians will I place on you. If you're careful to take heed and obey my teaching and instruction. Amen? And so when people follow God's diet, even in 2011, then they have to be on the Today Show, and they have to be on CNN, and they have to be on all these things, because people are trying to wonder, why are they living so long? Why they not dying like us? Because God gave instruction. He wanted them to go farther than anybody else. He and anybody who follows his instruction, anybody who follows his teaching will go farther than anybody else. Take your Bibles out. I know some of you all were waiting for that opening scripture. So here it is. It's going to be lots of scripture. Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. And all of these scriptures, the word in the Hebrew is Torah instead of law. I'm going to say Torah because that means what? Teaching and instruction. Okay, so it says in Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe and do to all the Torah which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may what? That you may prosper wherever you go. So if you follow God's instruction and teaching, you will prosper wherever you go. Next verse. This book of Torah shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way what? Prosperous, and you will have good success. Now, there are all kind of people who want to prosper. There are all kind of people who want good success, and they're wondering, why can't I get ahead? Why can't I do this? Why isn't this jumping off for me? The Bible tells you. He said, if you're careful to observe the things that I've commanded you, then you will prosper and have good success. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. It says, And keep charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and testimonies as it is written in the Torah of Moses, that you may what? Prosper in a few things. Prosper in all you do wherever you turn. Now, see, I know some of you all are thinking, well, you know, that would be nice if we weren't in a recession. That would be nice if the economy wasn't so bad. But what I like about God is that uh, Isaac, even in the time of famine, that means there was nothing, there was no rain, everybody was losing everything. The Bible says that he reaped a hundredfold in a time of famine. So God knows how to deliver his people. Even the children of Israel, they used up all their money. Now, they go through all these nations. They could have easily, if they hadn't decided to worship all the money that God gave them, they could have gone to any nation and bought supplies and whatnot, but they squandered it all. So they didn't have anything. Hello? But God was still faithful, even when we're not. And so God made quail to come. God rained down manna. God still, he made a way without money. He said, okay, y'all want to mess up your money? Okay, I'm still your source. Hello, somebody. 
I'm still your source. I'm still your provider. You continue to walk with me. No, you don't have enough money to buy new clothes, but this is what I'll do. I'll make the clothes that you have not wear out for 40 years. The shoes that you have, the people down the street, they go through them shoes every year. You got to buy new school clothes, new shoes, but I'm going to hook your clothes up so that they're going to last and stay in style. That's the God that we serve. And he says that when you follow my instruction, when you follow my teaching, I will prosper you. I will cause you to have great success. Turn to uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verses 12 and 13. First Chronicles chapter 22, verses 12 and 13. It says, only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding and give you charge concerning Israel that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. That what? That you, that you will have a success. My version says that you will prosper if you take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. And the church said, so God already knew that these people had all kind of crazy ideas. He wasn't mad at them. He didn't make them do this, say, if you do this, then I'm going to save you. Not, he didn't do that, did he? He gave them the gift of salvation, hands down, period, because he's just a great God. And then he said, now that you're saved, now that you're overcome, now that I have made you overcome, Pharaoh, now I want you to walk in victory. I want you to walk in freedom. And so this is the best way I know how to give you freedom. And the church said, amen. See, sometimes we go into the zoo, and I always get amazed when I hear stories about people who fell in the cages. It's like, you didn't see that big sign. I mean, you had to climb a fence, but they wanted to be free. But see, what we often don't understand is that some things, when they say, don't go in the lion cage, that means they put those barriers up so that you can walk freely through the place and make it out alive. And so when God tells you, don't lie, don't steal, he wants you to be able to be around your kids and to be able to enjoy the things. He don't want you locked up. Hello, somebody? He don't want you looking over your shoulder and can't sleep at night. He don't want your mama crying and coming to prayer meeting, pleading the blood. He wants you to be able to walk freely. If you see the popo coming, you can say, how you doing, sir? They ain't looking for you. You free. When you keep God's in teaching and instruction, you free. You ain't worried about nobody. He said, don't commit adultery. But you want to do whatever you want to do. You ain't free. You sneaking, making sure can't nobody see you. You can't go here. You can't go there. You think you're free, but you're not. But when you are with your spouse, it don't matter where you are. Hey, I'm with my boo. How you doing? Uh-huh, don't we look cute? Yeah, we going to the hotel because we can. When you live according to God's teaching and instruction, then you get to live a life free. You get to be successful. You get to prosper in your ways. But see, what happens is, a lot of times, we like to take our preference over God's principles. We like to take our preference. I mean, I just prefer catfish over tilapia. But God has given us 
instruction. God has given us the best diet to live as long as we can possibly live. Now, granny, you can take your preference over God's principle, but see, won't you catch something? Because the Bible says, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now, this is a verse that everybody loves to quote. I mean, that's my song. We love to sing that song. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come. That's my jam. But how do you get to sing that song and mean it? Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 says, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully his commandments, which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And then God begins, God tells us how to deal with people in business. He tells us how to deal with our parents. He tells us how to deal with our in-laws. Right here in his, in his word. I mean, right here in the Torah, in the first five books of the Bible. He tells us all of that. He tells us what to wear. He tells us what not to wear. He tells us what to put on our bodies and what not to put on our bodies. He tells all of us that. And then he says, if you do this, I'm going to hook you up. I mean, you're going to be so hooked up, you're going to be blessed in the city. If they had you on the plantation, you're going to be blessed in the field. No matter where you go, you're going to be blessed. Your bank account going to be blessed. Whatever the word, my favorite verse, and I can quote it. The Lord, verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing. If blessing ain't where you are, he going to call blessing. Blessing! Don't get over there by Andrea. Don't let her be standing there by herself. It said the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Verse 12 says the Lord will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain in your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, and you shall not borrow. That means you will not be in debt. That means your house will not get in foreclosed on. Hello, somebody. Oh, I didn't go on a message now. Y'all can't say amen. It's the truth, anyhow. That's what the Bible says. You keep reading, it says he'll make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. But it says, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God. See, we forget that part. Now, I'm not mad at the people who forget that part. I'm not mad at you. Because there's been some confusion. Because people say, no, we're not under the law, we're under grace. And so we don't have to fool with that anymore. Jesus thought that maybe people might get confused. So in Matthew chapter 17, he's, I mean, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 19, he just put it out there. He's like, I don't want nobody to get confused. I don't want anybody to miss out on their blessing says, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For as surely I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or tittle will no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Now this is what y'all need to hear. And y'all might not like my interpretation of it, but I'm going to read it anyway. Verse 19, whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now we talked about salvation and we talked about rewards. So let's not keep telling people who don't eat like us they go in the hell. Hello, somebody. Oh, I'm preaching. I told y'all y'all wasn't going to like it. 
they may not have a not, they may not have a whole bunch of rewards. The Bible says they may be least in the kingdom of heaven, but they there. So stop sweating them. Hello? Oh, I can't hear nobody pray. I can't hear nobody pray. And he says, whoever does these things and teaches them, great will be their rewards in the kingdom of heaven. Now remember, salvation is, is that a reward for eating right? It's a gift for accepting Jesus Christ. He who has the Son has life. Amen? Amen. And then the Bible says, we read this on last week, Psalm 19, starting at verse 7, it talks about the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, and it talks about the testimony and all of those things. And then it says, moreover, they that keep them, there is great reward. And so when you follow God's teaching and instruction, you get great reward. Now, if people, A, receive the revelation, you don't have to be the popo. Hello? Talk about, mm-hmm, I speak to you, I speak to you. I've been in stores and people looking like, hey, pastor, looking in my cart to see if I'm going to be translated. Oh, I'm preaching now. That's not what God called us to do. He called us to be blessed and highly favored. He called us to do his commandments and teach people the blessing and prosperity and success that they receive when they follow his teachings and instruction. Romans chapter 3. I told y'all y'all going to get a lot of word today. Romans chapter 3, because see, some people think that Paul is the one that said, you know, we're not under the law anymore. So Romans chapter 3, and I'll just read, mm, starting at verse 28. It says, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Amen? Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. So there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? What does it say? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. So the Bible says that we establish the law. And this is long after Jesus got up and rose again. And Paul, he he kept God's Torah, he kept his instruction, he kept his teaching, he was sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. All of that converged in Paul. Amen? Amen. Okay, so now we're going to turn to Romans chapter 6 and 7. We're going to be here a little while. Because what I think, because Paul does say that we are not under the law, we are under grace. But what I I think that Paul is saying something different than a lot of times we think he's saying. So I'm going to tell you what I, what I think he's saying. Now, I want you to be like uh, the Berean church and go home and search the scriptures and see if these things are so. All right? So write down all of these verses so you can check them and then go look at the cross references that come in your Bible. Check it out. Amen? Y'all still with me? Y'all still love y'all, Pastor? I still love y'all. Okay. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 through 14. It says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. Now, so here he's saying that sin is trying to reign, sin is trying to have dominion. Sin is trying to be the king. And what do kings do? They set up laws. Hello? Okay, so he's saying, now don't let sin reign in your life. Verse uh, 13. No, 15. What then? 
shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. No, ver okay, I skipped verse, verse 13. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Okay? Now, there's a law. I believe that there's a law of sin, and there's a law of God. And when Paul talks about not being under the law, he talks about how we die to sin. Now, if you were to read uh, Romans chapter 7, it talks about this very thing. It talks about, or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For a woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from the law so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. So now he's saying that when you are hooked up with that law of sin, unless there's a death, you're hooked up with it. Unless there's some kind of death, you are still bound by that law. And Paul already tells you, don't let sin have dominion. Don't let sin reign. If you go, now he goes through this chapter and talks about how the good that I wish I could do, I don't, and the bad that I say I'm not going to do, I, I can't. And then when the last verse of the chapter, he says, verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind I serve the what? The law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So you see, Paul already talks about two laws. He said, one, don't let it rain. He talks about how sin tries to come up, and when you say, don't do it, then all of a sudden you want to do it. You aren't thinking about do it, doing it until somebody said, now you know you better not do it. And the Bible says sin takes an opportunity with the law. But the same Paul says that the law is good. The law, verse 12, therefore the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, just, just and good. Uh, throughout the Bible, we see that the law is good. We see this. And so how then can we justify the two? Well, I submit to you that Paul is talking about dying to the law of sin that is at work in the flesh. And God is allowing us to live in what James 1.25 calls the perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of liberty. That's the thing like in the zoo where you get to live your life free and clear. You don't have to worry about all of these kinds of diseases because you have that perfect law of liberty that helps keep you healthy. You don't have to worry about who's going with who and who's talking to your man after church because that perfect law of liberty, you all, are both, uh, you all are both living in what God has already called us to. You don't have to worry about whether you're going to lie or steal or cheat and, and if the popo going to come get you. Why? Because you have this perfect law of liberty. It gives you freedom to live your life as God intended it. It gives you freedom to get out of the slave mentality and slave mindset and walk as a victor and walk as an overcomer and walk as God has for you to walk. God wants to prosper you. God wants you to be successful. But God wants you to obey his instruction and teaching. Now, this is one thing I got to say. God is faithful, amen? And God is as faithful to the blessings as he is to the curses. You all heard what I said? I mean, because he would be a liar if he said, I'm going to hook you up if you do this. 
and I'm going to bust you up if you do that. I mean, I think I was trying to make it real easy on you. I mean, you don't have to get busted up. You don't have to live a life of poverty. You don't have to live a life of shame. You don't have to live a life of sickness. He tells you exactly how to get around all of them lion cages. You don't got to get bit in the butt by the devil, the roaring lion. You don't have to be nowhere by him. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Bible says that you will hear a, a voice saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you begin to follow God's teaching and instruction, you can steer clear of all of that mess and drama. Amen? So I was reading some of these curses, and I was like, man, talks about you'll have tumors, incurable diseases, prolonged and serious sicknesses. He'll bring back all the diseases of, is, of Egypt and put it on you. Say your kids would be messed up. They would get carried away captive. I just read y'all the news. Hello? So imagine if we decided that we want to follow God's teaching and instruction. Not just here, but like all of Moreno Valley. And then they would come and do studies and figure out now, we have this whole, whole community. They go to different churches. They experience God in different ways. But they're following God's teaching and instruction. And, I mean, even though the rest of the country, thank you, is an economic downturn, Moreno Valley is doing it. Even though everybody else's kids are out of the church, do you know that God tells you how to raise your kids? And he tells you when they wake up, tell them, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy strength. He says when they wake up and when they go to bed. Then he says, not just then, he said as you go on your way. So when you're taking them to school, when you're on your way to gymnastics, when you're taking them to the, the, the basketball practice, you are still telling them why. The Bible says that when the child comes and says, now why we do this? You don't start throwing oil. I'm going to call the pastor. You should know by now. What's wrong with you? You're just a heathen. It says, we do this because, and see, half the time we be doing all that drama because we don't know ourselves. Hello, somebody. But the Bible says we're supposed to tell them from when they're little, year after year after year, because I was a sinner and God saved me and he raised me. And every year I just want to stop and I think, Mom, I remember asking my grandmother, Grandmama, why you make so much noise? Why you be running up and down the aisles? Why, why do it take all of that? Yes, baby, and then some more. Because you don't know where I was when God found me. And so you've got to tell them. So, Mama, why you don't look like uh, my friend's mama? Why you don't dress like that? Why you don't do that? You've got to tell them from when they are young and continue. The Bible says, tell them when you go. Tell them when they come. Write it on your walls. Put it, in, put, put it on the iPod. Text it to them while they're in school. Whatever you've got to do, you've got to let them know so that when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Now, if you just drop them off at church and then peace out and then wonder why they peace out like you from church, but if we follow God's teaching and instruction, if we follow his guidance, then we will have great success. We will prosper. And the Bible says, well, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the Torah of the Lord. And in this Torah does he meditate both day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Who
who bears fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he does prospers. I mean, if you read this, it talks about God will send confusion. He'll send rebuke on the things that you do. Be in work, don't know what you're doing. Just confused. Can't remember stuff. Because we pick a little thing right there. And please understand, and I'm going to talk about this. I'm, I know I'm messing with y'all. I know. And I forgot, I forgot to mention, I got to leave right after service too. <laughs> so y'all can't even fuss at me. But please understand that celebrating the fourth commandment is not attendance here. The Sabbath isn't from 12 to 1.30 or 10 to 1.30. Just showing up, y'all understand? Uh, don't worry. I, I'm going to go into detail. I'm not going to leave y'all hanging. I'm going to go into detail on that too. Because God has so many blessings that we are missing because we have forgotten about his instructions. His teachings. God wants to hook us up. He says that he will hook us up. Even if you ain't got no money. Even if you squandered it with your slave mentality. God said, I am still your source. And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll heal from I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So that their kids can walk outside and not worry about getting shot. I'll heal the land so they can send their kids to school and get an education. I will heal the land. I'll make sure that you can eat and that your kids can eat and that you don't fight over $10. I'll heal the land. God wants to bless us. God wants to do something magnificent for us. He don't want us to be slaves any longer. So he gave us a parting gift on our way to the promised land. And he said that if we would diligently hear what he's saying, follow his instructions, then he'll command blessing on us. He will send blessing. We will have prosperity and success. I don't know about you, but that's, I want that to be my testimony. Amen? Amen? Amen. As the musicians begin to play, each of you should have a connection card. Apparently everybody but me. What I want you to do is take your connection card out and flip it over on the back. Because we have decision on what we want to do next. We need some next steps. Can I, can I have? Thank you. There are a few people who are raising their hand because they perhaps didn't get a connection card. So let's put it in their hand. And then I want you to decide, what is my next step? Maybe you want to memorize that verse that we read in Joshua about how if you follow the book of the law, you will have great success and prosper in all your ways. Maybe you want to say that and, and commit that to memory. Maybe you want to read about God's wonderful gift, the gift of his law. Read Exodus 20, and you can read all of the wonderful things that God has blessed us with. Perhaps you want to pray that God's spirit will empower you. Because that's what I like about um, God. He says that he gives us his spirit to work in us, to will and to do his good pleasure. And so he helps us want to live better lives. And then the Spirit empowers us to live better lives. Perhaps you want to pray, God, 
help me to follow. I, I, you know, I've been struggling. I repent of that. And I'm ready to roll in your will, in your way. I'm ready to follow your teaching and instruction. Maybe you want more information about becoming a follower of Christ, being baptized, joining this church, maybe serving at this church. Maybe there's a special prayer request you want us to pray for. Then I invite you to write that down right here. Just take a moment in this quiet and, and fill out the second part of this card. We're about to have our offering. And so you can simply place this card in the offering plate. My life to the peace you give me